If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream a download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates Hello and welcome to Batmates, your number one source for cool animal facts. My name is Becca, and a group of zebras is called a dazzle. My name is Josh, and zebras can breed with horses, ponies, and donkeys to put out zorses, zonies, and zedonks. But I think that last one should be called zonkeys. That's my favorite Nintendo game. <laughs> Zonky Kong? Zonky Kong. Zonky Kong Country. <laughs> Tropical Freeze. Um, so yeah, today we're going to talk about Zebra Man, who, distressingly, has nothing to do with the cool animal zebras. A little bit. He really has nothing to do with okay, zebras. Okay, this version all. that we're going to go over has nothing to do with zebras, except for the fact that he kind of looks like a zebra. My heart was broken really? reading this comic. You thought he was going to be, like, zebra-themed? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I used to read a lot of Spider-Man comics, and, like, almost all of his villains oh, yeah. are animal-based, and, like, they really commit to the bit. <laughs> so... I was just really depressed that Batman wasn't fighting some sort of like, I don't know, could have been like a hunter or just somebody who like really loved zebras. And he like, was a gonna... like a horse girl, but a, but oh, <laughs> into zebras but instead. Is, but the zebra man. <laughs> yeah, I really wish. I really wish that had been the case. Hey guys, we're a Batman podcast mm -hmm. and uh, we talk about a different villain every week and we go over Silver Age comics, which is the wacky era of Batman. And we're a couple. We love each other very much. Yeah, we just celebrated our fifth anniversary. Mm. Yay, kissy noises. <laughs> I just got my COVID vaccine this week. Good job. Yay, one of two. You're going to date this episode again. I don't care. I'll date this episode till we're married. <laughs> <laughs> is that anything? That's a great joke. Thank you. That's what that is. <laughs> All right, let's start off the podcast with a little bit of news. Since our last recording, DC has uh, released a press release, and I'm just going to read it more or less verbatim for you. I'm skipping over a couple of parts. I paraphrased a little bit. Uh, beginning in July 2021, decades after both Richard Donner's Superman the movie and Tim Burton's Batman introduced generations of fans to the silver screen versions of DC's Man of Steel and the world's greatest detective, DC is returning to these beloved properties to tell new stories set within these worlds with the publication of a series of Superman 78 and Batman 89 comic books. Continuing the twisted adventures of DC's Dark Knight from Tim Burton's seminal classic Batman movies, Batman 89 brings in screenwriter Sam Hamm, who was a screenwriter for Batman and Batman Returns, and artist jo Joe Quinones uh, from Dial H for Hero to pull on a number of threads left dangling by the prolific director. The gothic mentality behind the world, while still rooted in a sense of realism, helped inform many of DC's global fans' first impressions of the Dark Knight's Gotham. In the new Batman 89 comic, Ham and Quinones will help usher in a return of Selina Kyle and Catwoman, and will debut a new Robin. Mm. Plus, Quinones had a vision for Harvey Dent that is as close to movie magic as a comic can get. Uh, the Superman 78 and Batman 89 comics will debut with six digital chapters of July 27th, with new chapters every week afterward. The 12 chapters of each new series will publish as six printed comics between August and October, and a hardcover collection will be out in October for Batman and November for Superman. That's so exciting. I know. I love that they're including Catwoman. Um, and here's a little bit of news this week. It's not really news because this footage has existed for over, you know, 30 years at this point. Oh, yeah. But uh, something went viral uh, this week on Twitter, a video of Michelle Pfeiffer uh, when she is first in that. Uh, department store scene and she's like whipping the mannequins she apparently took off all four mannequin heads in one take and so you can see the actual one take of her like whipping them with this like really really great uh like whip work um and everybody just sort of like explodes into applause when she's done which is so yeah. good she did an awesome job professionally like when the scene is actually over she she like has to walk off set before they can she applaud skips off set jump roping her whip thank you very <laughs> much it is extremely iconic yeah you guys should go and look that up because it's yeah. it's super impressive the movie doesn't do it justice no. with the fact that they put in a bunch of cuts 
Um, I mean, it's great that they get close-ups of her, like, whipping the mannequin's heads off, but it's so cool to watch her do it all in one take. Yeah. The Whoever trained her did a really good job. Yeah. We could look that up. Yeah, we could. You got the IMDb up? Yes. Uh, so the bullet trainer and choreographer for Michelle Pfeiffer was Anthony DeLongis, who was uncredited, which is so upsetting. <laughs> he did an amazing job. She is so Aww. iconic, and he is the reason why. Yeah. But yeah, so that is super exciting that we're going to get more, like, Batman 89 stories. Um, it does seem like they're sort of hinting that they're going to be like, and here's what we would have done with Two-Face. If, oh, yeah. If Joel Schumacher hadn't taken over and done his own thing with it. I'm, I'm really excited for that. I mean, they have the screenwriter from both of the first movies. Mm-hmm. So you'll get to see what his vision was because he must have had something envisioned when he was writing that first movie. Why yeah. else would he have included the character of Harvey Dent? Exactly. You know? Do you think they're going to take more um, inspiration from like the Harvey Dent of the animated series where they'll do like, ah, it was, he had a secret mental illness all along? Or do you think it'll be like, you know, a, an acid accident that like turns him crazy? Uh, I don't know, because he doesn't get very much characterization in that first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, like, sort of know that he's running for district attorney, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. We'll have to see. I, I hope that the comic explores that, and it's not just like, you know, he had an accident, now he's two-faced, he's bad now. Yeah. I, th- I think it would be more interesting to go into his his backstory a little bit, you know, and, and why he turns, he turns to crime. Yeah. That's <laughs> very exciting. And I'm really intrigued by this, like, Oh, there's going to be like an inclusion of a Robin. Yeah. Yeah. Probably be Dick Grayson. I would assume. Cause yeah, he doesn't have a Robin. It's supposed to be like a first, yeah. First year Batman kind of deal. Cause you know, the first time he sees Joker is in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's weird. I wonder if they will give him like a sort of different, different backstory than he has even in the comics. Uh, because those movies have different origins for the the characters that they have. Yeah. I mean, well, Joker has well, a similar one, but yeah. he's also like kind of rolled into Joe Chill in that first movie. Yeah. Catwoman has a very different backstory. I love Catwoman's backstory in Batman Returns. And for like a super long time, because I think that was the first time I ever like saw Catwoman was in Batman Returns. I thought that was her origin story that she just fell out a window and got eaten by cats. <laughs> and suddenly she was really good at fighting. And I was like, cool. She she went crazy because her boss was mean to her. He wasn't just mean to her. He pushed her out a window. That's not, that's not, okay. You know what? There's a big issue with um, corporate sexism in this country. But the line that you just do not cross is pushing your secretary out a window. Because she figured out your corporate espionage. And Penguin's backstory is a lot different oh, in that man, too. I love Penguin's backstory. Uh, like usually Penguin is, is just like a rich guy who mm-hmm. feuded with the Waynes. But... That, that's like full on like nah he's like a circus freak i love it with polydactyl yeah oh so cool um great awesome story i'm so excited to read those yeah i can't wait i really can't wait the, the thing that weirds me out is the fact that they mention that it's going to be published as a hardcover collection like that seems to be the thing that they always like you know they keep under wraps they, they kind of like wink at it they'll be like you know oh, maybe it'll come if you know if people buy the comics mm-hmm. but like, I don't understand why they would advertise that if they want people to buy the comics up front. Yeah. Like, you know, why wouldn't someone just wait the, like, two or three months to get the collection as opposed to buying the comics? Because we know that hardcover collections of comics are always cheaper than buying the comics, yeah. like, individually. Well, look when they're coming out. October and November. Uh, Batman, like, uh, Halloween? No, Christmas, baby. Oh. Gotta get those Christmas presents. I for, guess. You, for the Bat fan in your life. That's true, but again, like, you know, why would anybody buy the comics? The, the you know, individual comics? Oh, I guess you want to read them now. I'll probably buy I, them I guess when so. they come out. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Okay. We're, at, we're starting to get a serious, uh, like, buying comics habit. We went to the comic book store the other day, and it, it probably won't sound like a lot to most people, but we spent 30 bucks on comics, which is, like, kind of a big purchase for us. Yeah. I think it's probably just going to get worse. No. Oh, well. <laughs> no. I mean, now that Future State is over, I don't plan on picking up a bunch more. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, what is it? That What is it called? Generations or something? Yeah, I don't want to read it that. It looks interesting, but I, I might, again, just sort of like wait until there's a collection or wait until there's reviews out that say like, oh, you know, these are the best ones or these are the best arcs. Yeah. And follow those. Maybe. 
I don't know. I kind of wanted to go back and get a bunch of things. Like last time we were there, I saw they had like a hardcover of Three Jokers. Maybe I'll pick that up because mm. I, I missed that and I kind of want to read it. Okay. Joker War. I keep seeing the ads for that in uh, Future State. <laughs> yeah, they keep they have the collections out now. Yeah. Are you going to read the Superman 78 book? I don't know. I actually, I've only ever seen, I want to say like the first movie. I have not seen any of the Superman movies beside uh, Man of Steel. I'm oh, not, really? I'm not really a big Superman fan. You haven't seen, have you even seen like the clips from the Richard Donner? Um, yeah, I've seen the one where he's flying with Richard Pryor and he's going like, whoa, (laughs) you've only seen You've only seen like ridiculous stuff. Yeah, I've seen the scene of him flying with Lois. Okay. Where he like, doesn't he like push her off the balcony or something? I don't remember. He like, but then he like catches her and she's like, oh my God, (laughs) you're Superman. (laughs) There's a there's a great scene uh, that illustrates how good an actor um, he is. Christopher Reeves. Christopher Reeves, yeah. Uh, where he like it, it's him going to over to Lois's house, and he's going to tell her that he's Superman. And the way it's just like the way that he carries himself shifts mm-hmm. from like Clark Kent to Superman. Mm-hmm. He he like takes his glasses off, his shoulders broaden, he like stands up a little straighter, mm-hmm. and then you know like she comes back or whatever, and he goes back to Clark Kent, and he like puts the glasses on, and he kind of gives a, you know a little more of a hunch, makes yeah. himself smaller. I think I have seen that scene. I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. If anybody wants to look it up, yeah, it's it's, it's really cool. It's, it's those are interesting <laughs> movies to say the least. Yeah, I'll give it a try. Well. Speaking of Superman, I, I want to talk about a Superman villain, actually. Oh, neat. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So last couple of weeks, we have been prepping ourselves and all of you for The Suicide Squad, which is a movie coming out this August, which we have discovered is going to require a lot of homework or probably not. I mean, James Gunn's a really good storyteller. He'll probably give you everything you need without, you know, montages like certain filmmakers who mm-hmm. I won't name on this podcast. I'm sure he'll do a really good job of getting you to care about these characters before he, you know, mercilessly kills them off. Just so you know, if you listen to this podcast, you will be the most prepared person going in to see The Suicide Squad. And you can turn to the person you're with and just be like, um, actually, in the comic, blah, blah, blah. And don't you want to be that person? Isn't it so fun to be that person? So with that, I bring you my new favorite segment, Squad Goals! Who do we have for Squad Goals this week, Rebecca? So this week we are talking about Bloodsport. Ooh, sounds like a Rob Liefeld character. Exactly. <laughs> actually, he wasn't created by Rob Liefeld, although Liefeld probably drew him a few times. So yeah, Bloodsport, who is going to be played by uh, McCavity the Mystery Cat actor <laughs> Idris Elba. <laughs> Known for like a couple other things, but like honestly, McCavity was his star turn. So let's be honest there. Bloodsport is a really interesting character. I mentioned he was a Superman villain. He really only faced Superman like once. So yeah, not a whole lot to go over with his backstory, but there is, it is a very interesting backstory. I think there's a lot for them to draw on with him. Oh, okay. Uh, So his real name is Robert Dubois, and he was created by John Byrne and Carl Kessel, who we actually learned about last episode. Um, For more info on Carl Kessel, go to the last episode's Squad Goals, where we talked about King Shark. So John Byrne is also the co-creator of many popular Marvel characters, including Kitty Pride, Emma Frost, and Scott Lang's Ant-Man, who oh. is the Ant-Man that we see in the MCU. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So Robert Dubois, aka Bloodsport, uh, is a draft dodger who fled to Canada during the Vietnam War and allowed his younger brother Mickey to take his place. Uh, in Vietnam, Mickey lost both arms and legs, which caused Robert to just go crazy with guilt, lose his sanity, and he spent the next 12 years in psychiatric care up in Canada, bouncing from hospital to hospital. Uh, there, while he was in psychiatric care, he caught the attention of Lex Luthor, who heard about Robert and decided to use his guilt and his anguish to manipulate him into destroying Superman. Uh, Lex gave him a device which he could use to teleport any weapon he could imagine into his hands. And one of these was a gun that fired green kryptonite needles. So Ooh. not very good for Superman at all. Um, Why so- not green kryptonite bullets to just pierce through Superman? Needles was 
the description that I saw. I'm going with that. Um, on the actual Wikipedia page for the Suicide Squad movie, it says that he is in Bell Rev because he shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet. Ooh. So they're going more with what you're thinking. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so with his sanity still not intact, Robert decided to pretend he was this like hardened Vietnam vet. Think like the deer hunter or like Rambo um, and started calling himself Bloodsport, even though he never actually went to the war. He dressed in army fatigues and killed 25 innocent people to provoke Superman and bring him out for their battle. Jeez. Right? This is very dark ages wow. here. Um, so during their battle, Superman took that kryptonite needle, bullet, whatever you want to call it, to the chest um, and needed to like, you know, stop the fight, run away, recover from when, that. When was he created? What year? Was it 80 something? 87. Okay. So during their next battle, they, you know, try to fight again. And Superman uses his heat vision on the device to keep Robert from summoning more weapons. Uh, Meanwhile, Jimmy Olsen actually dug into Robert's history and backstory and found his brother. Jimmy then brought Mickey, who was a quadriplegic because of his brother not going to Vietnam and him going in his place. And Mickey there at the battle begged his brother to give up this life of cruelty and violence. And when confronted with all of his sins at once, Robert collapsed and gave up and was promptly arrested and sent to Strikers Island. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So at Strikers, uh, Robert then feuds with another prisoner who like after him took the name Bloodsport. Um, So this man after Robert was incarcerated, decided to go by Bloodsport, and then he himself was incarcerated. Uh, This man, whose name is Alex Trent, is a racist, a member of the Aryan Brotherhood, and he hates Robert because Robert is a black man. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, he's played by Idris Elba. So wait, he was like, I hate this guy, but I'm going to take his, like, super villain name? I don't know. Maybe he just thought it sounded cool. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I do also want to mention, so there's multiple Bloodsports. There is Robert Dubois, there is um, Alex Trent, and then there's a third man whose name is never known. Um, but explicitly in like all of the stuff for the Suicide Squad they say that Idris Elba is playing the Robert Dubois one and he is the one who is black so that's that's why I'm going off this backstory also Alex Trent I looked into him a little bit he just sucks so (laughs) just all around didn't want to talk about him too much yeah the the being a racist is just like the the top of just the icing on the cake wait till you see his costume (laughs) so uh Yeah, the prison warden decides a healthy way to fix this feud between Robert and Alex is to end their dispute with a boxing match with Superman as the referee. Because that's the best way for prisoners to, you know, get out their aggression. Just like go a few rounds. Why would Superman even agree to be a a referee for something like this? I don't know. I feel like he'd be like, that is not the answer. I need to go find a new warden. It's like prisoner abuse. I don't, I don't know. Uh, so unsurprisingly, things get out of hand. Um, Robert would have killed Alex if Superman had not intervened. And, you know, with all this distraction, uh, a riot breaks out. Uh, Robert then steals one of Alex Trent's weapons and uses it to blast a hole in the prison wall. However, as he is running to his freedom, he is shot dead by an armed prison guard. Ooh. Yeah. So that's kind of the end of his story in the comics. Really? Um, which is weird because like he... He was never like a part of the Suicide Squad in the comics? It doesn't seem like it. Yeah. He's not really ever mentioned in the same breath as like Task Force X. Ever, oh, wow. Which is strange. I believe I do have an explanation for that though. Um, Idris Elba was originally cast just to be like a replacement for Deadshot, uh, Will Smith's Deadshot, because Will Smith would not be returning for the sequel. Uh-huh. Um, but eventually they decided to just, you know, keep that character as it was and just have a whole new character be um, Idris Elba's character. Oh. I guess because they didn't want people to, you know. Uh, Will Smith did a really good job in the first Suicide Squad movie. He was like one of the only shining moments was his performance because he's always great. Um, so I guess they didn't want to like tarnish that or like, you know, throw any shade to Will Smith by having him be like, well, we just recast you, whatever. <laughs> um, and, you know, Idris Elba's also a great actor. Obviously, go watch Cats. So let him <laughs> straight, Don't go watch straight, Cats. Check out on his own. He's great. Don't listen to Becca and no. don't watch Cats. Do watch Cats. Don't it, watch Cats. It's a movie. It's not a good movie. It's a movie. It's a movie, yes. It's not a good one. There is a tap dancing cat who loves trains. Go watch Cats. Okay, that scene is maybe one of the best scenes of the whole thing. It's great. Um, Just really quickly to wrap up, uh, just a side note. So as Bloodsport, Alex Trent basically dresses up as a super super villain 
version of a KKK member. Uh, he wears a white costume with a red iron cross on the chest. Um, and here's a fun fact about Alex. The end of Alex's story is after their boxing match where I mentioned, you know, Alex was on the ropes. Um, you know, uh, Robert really like had him. It was about to kill him. Um, the Aryan Brotherhood uh, arranged for him to be murdered in prison for the crime of being at the mercy of a black man. Oh my so, goodness! So good. So because he lost the fight to a black man, they yeah, they the were... Aryan Brotherhood had him murdered, and I love that. I love that for his journey. I love that. <laughs> oh jeez. So, yeah. So this is going to be, because this character hasn't been in the Suicide Squad before, it's going to be like, uh, what is that? Uh, Pied Piper, the other one that uh, is going to be in the movie that was never in the Suicide Squad. Are you talking about Ratcatcher? Ratcatcher. Yeah, Ratcatcher yes. 2. Sorry. Who has not really been seen in the comics. We were going to do an episode about Ratcatcher 2 before realizing that she's kind of uh, completely made up for the movie. I still want to talk about Ratcatcher. Ratcatcher? Okay. Yeah. Well, one of these episodes we'll do about like the original Ratcatcher, and yeah. then maybe we can make some extrapolations as to what her character is going to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have much to say about him in other media, just to say that he's been in episodes of the animated series Justice League Unlimited. Um, there was a character based on Bloodsport named Van McNulty, who appeared in Smallville. Um, and he also appeared in the Supergirl live action series, again, named Robert Dubois. Um, but in that one, he was like part of the military. So it's already like a little different from what he really was. Um, he was also in Justice League versus the Fatal Five, voiced by Tom Kenny. Shout out to him. <laughs> One of my other favorite voice actors. That's kind of funny. Um, yeah. The the actor, voice can actor. Can you imagine? The voice actor for SpongeBob plays. Like Bloodsport. Amanda Bloodsport. Tom Kenny is incredibly talented. So he is. No, yeah. He just uses Patchy the Pirate voice. That's it. That's low. <laughs> He's great. Stan Tom Kenny. Um, yeah, and then I just also wanted to mention that they're changing his backstory a little bit for the Suicide Squad. Because Vietnam is way too long ago. <laughs> yeah, well that. Um, but also I saw that, um, you know, he joins Task Force X so he can reunite with his daughter, Tyla. Oh, okay. So oh, so it's going to be sort of similar to, to Deadshot. Deadshot's story yeah. in the first one. A little bit. Okay. Um, I would love if they like brought out his quadriplegic brother, though, and we're like, look at Mickey, he's got no arms and legs. Do yeah. you really want to be a villain? The, the weird thing about that, though, is like there wasn't a draft for like the Iraq War or whatever, and it doesn't make any sense for it to be from, from the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the Vietnam War. I guess not. Um, so yeah, that's Bloodsport. Pretty interesting. I think he's got a pretty interesting, albeit short, backstory um but i am excited to see what idris elba does because as i have mentioned he is a very talented actor go watch cats Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) okie dokie okay we're moving on to the silver age review right this week's comic which is detective comics number 275 january of 1960 cover date and uh, the title is The Zebra Batman. All your boys are here. Finger, Moldoff, Paris, Schiff, in that order. Yeah. Um, listen to any other episodes if you want their full names. <laughs> I'm not doing it this week. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, my boys. Um, great. Love that team. Dream team. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Before we start the comic. Okay. Right. We got to talk about the ad because you wanted to talk about the ad. Yeah. Honestly, it's, um, I just feel like... <laughs> There is too much honor system for something that is for children. (laughs) And if they could do any basic math, they would see that they are being severely underpaid. Okay, so the ad is, uh, it says, sell patriotic and religious mottos, which look like they're just sort of like cards that have uh, like the Lord's Prayer and like God bless our home written on them. Uh, and they tell you that you're going to sell these to your friends and family for 35 cents a piece. Mm-hmm. And then whatever. But here's you... the kicker. Okay. Is you don't need to send them any money up front. That's true. Yeah. You just write in. They'll send you these cards. They send you 40 cards. You sell them for 35 cents each. And then what they want you to do is send back the ones you didn't sell or keep them if you want. But for all the ones you did sell, you do have to give them 25 cents. So these cards 
altogether, you made 14 bucks if you sold all 40 of them, and you're sending back the company $10. You only get to keep the $4. I'm wondering, what if I just don't send the money back? What are they going to do? Well, you had to give them your address to get the cards in the first place. So okay. They'll, they'll know where to find you. I'm 10. What are they going to do? Send the IRS after me? <laughs> It might be, I don't know, does it say anything on there about like needing an adult to sign up for it? No, it doesn't. Uh, they'll garnish your wages when you do get into the workforce. I I just don't think there would be any reason that I couldn't pull the wool over their eyes and be like, I didn't sell any, I decided to keep them all. No, it's not, you don't get to keep them. You have to send it them says, back if you don't sell them. at the end of 14 days, send back, if you wish, all mottos you have not sold. I think you still have to pay 25 cents a piece for any that you hold on to. It says if you wish. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, here you go. Let's get our time machine ready. You can go back to 1960 and make uh, an extra $10 by selling these uh, little cards that have things written on them. I'll be a millionaire. I could farm this till the cows come home to keep changing addresses. You can only do it once because they won't send you more cards okay. if you don't pay them after the first bunch. I got three words for you. P.O. Box. There you go. Wait, you just you have to pay money to set up a P.O. box. Uh, is it more than $14? I don't know, in 1960. All right, then I'll make you money hand over fist. Look at me. I'm the next Steve Jobs. You're not. I am. I could be. Okay. If I only had a time machine. Okay. Ugh. Now let's move on to the actual comments. Okay, okay, okay. So, first and foremost, beautiful, enticing cover of Batman in very fashionable zebra stripes as Robin yells for bystanders to get back because the Caped Crusader has become a menace. Yeah. I loved it. I, I love his pose. I love the zebra stripes. I think he looks great. He really pulls it off a lot better than Zebra Man does, I feel. He's unintentionally throwing like a, a street sign at someone. Yeah. But you don't really see that from like looking at the comic. So I love the implication that it's like, oh no, he's zebra striped now. He's evil. And I was so enticed to be like, why? Why is he evil now? <laughs> why did he ruin that lamppost? What's he doing? Um, all right, so the comic opens with Batman and Robin about to go on patrol, um, and they catch a group of robbers heading into the Gotham Art Museum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a, a very common stop on uh, <laughs> all of their, their patrols. Yeah, and even though I hate that it always just like it's it's like the middle of the day, but like obviously these guys are not trying to hit up the art museum in the middle of the day. I guess kind of in this panel, if you look at the sky, it's black, but I don't know. Everything oh, really? looks it's extremely brightly lit in Gotham. They have some fantastic street lights. Yeah, I. I also wanted to point out uh, the, these criminals that they come up upon are uh, driving a, uh, a station wagon. Yeah. Like, there's no reason. There's only four of them. There's no reason they need to be driving that big family car. Well, as they as as we learn, this is kind of their first heist. So, <laughs> you know, they're starting small. This is just what Zebra Man had like laying around. The small house. is art theft. Yeah. I thought I would think that small would be like holding up a corner store. <laughs> okay, but like with the powers that he's about to display. You can go big. Okay, okay. Uh, so the ringleader is wearing a costume that is, I know I just said it's fabulous, but it's pretty gaudy on him. <laughs> a gaudy animal print, but he's also glowing. Uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention, again, before we move forward, is that they always have in these comics the establishing panel of like, remember guys, Bruce Wayne is Batman <laughs> and Dick Grayson is Robin, yeah. which I think would be absolutely hilarious if they did in like modern day comics. If like every comic you picked up was like, like, hey guys, remember, Bruce Wayne is Batman and Dick Grayson is Robin. Well, when's the last time you read The Long Halloween? Uh, probably a couple of years ago. There is a weird recurring thing in Long Halloween, and I guess it's just sort of like an aesthetic choice, because they were released like as like separate issues, uh -huh. but literally every single time a new character, a, a, a character who we've seen over and over again comes into the panel, we see Batman's like same narration really? about them. Like, um, uh, like I think it, it's either Falcone's daughter or Maroni's daughter. I don't remember which one, but he's got like that daughter who's like his heavy. Oh yeah. And like every time you see her, he says like, she's the, the like bull of the Maroni crime family or whatever. He says something cool like that. He, he says that she's like the muscle of the, oh. of of her father's crime family. That's really and, weird. And like she shows up like 40 times. I'm like, I get it. 
Like, and yeah, there's a lot of characters and a lot of people to keep straight, but like literally every single time and it's always the exact same line. Yeah. Well, I want to mention that, I guess the, the thing that I, uh, Carmine I, Falcone, the godfather of Gotham's underbelly. I guess saves this is that, um, this was still when comics were available on newsstands. So it's entirely possible yeah. that someone could have been like, oh, detective comics. I wonder what that is. And mm-hmm. just like picked it up and is, this is like their first issue that they're ever reading. Mm-hmm. Um, it's succinct too. You don't need to go into the whole thing to be like, ah, oh, socially Bruce Wayne. Great. And some boy who lives with him. I got it. I'm ready for yeah. the adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. Yeah. Okay. That. Sorry. That was all I wanted to mention. That's all right. I always love to talk along Halloween. <laughs> um, okay. So the glowing ringleader in this zebra striped suit uh, breaks down the steel doors of the museum after touching a button on his belt. And the dynamic duo follow the criminals inside and they almost get the drop on them until the zebra man touches another button on his belt and sends a statue crashing down on Batman. For, for an artist... Uh, Sheldon Moldov did not uh, work very hard on the paintings that are shown in this panel. <laughs> they look mean? like scribbles. I mean, they're they're really they're just like stick figures uh, almost. Listen, nobody's picking up this comic because they want to see the like perfect recreation of the girl with the pearl earrings. Zero colors except for like the yellow, the 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 off yellow that is, makes up the background. They want to see Batman punch a dude, and if you're talking about colors, that's Charles Paris's okay, issue. Okay, I'm, I'm right? sorry. I'm sorry. Take it up with Charles Paris's ghost. I- okay. <laughs> Uh, great. Love the art critic right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, they almost get the drop on them. The statue comes crashing down on Batman, however, and the criminals do escape, and uh, the dynamic duo gives chase. Out on the open road in his station wagon, uh, Zebraman once again uses his belt to send a water tower crashing down on our heroes. Yeah, which is seen in like that, uh, the interior cover or whatever, mm-hmm. where it shows, you know, like what what's going to happen in the story. I think this might be the fastest that we get to that like teaser scene. Yeah, out of usually, ones we've seen so far. Exactly. Usually it's like, you know, that teaser scene that they show at the beginning of the comic happens kind of at the end. Mm-hmm. But this is like literally the second page. Yeah. They're like, yep, no, this is what we got, a water tower falling over. That's the most exciting thing is that's going to happen in this comic. Mm-hmm. And the covers never happen. The cover of this one takes place inside Batman's head, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. They're never, like, real, which is so upsetting. I mean, that happens with, like, all comics, though, usually. Yeah. Like, all comics are like, ooh, this, this like, crazy cover to try and draw you in to see, like, oh, my goodness, what's actually happening? Yeah. And then it's never, it's never exactly what's on the cover. Like, when Batman and Catwoman got married. Yeah. That one didn't happen. <laughs> Sad. I'm still mad about it. Um, all right. So, back at Zebraman's hideout, which we will later learn is just a regular house, because <laughs> this is the first heist. Uh, it's also, it's, uh, I guess you could say it's kind of on brand. If it was really a villain's hideout who'd done a bunch of heists, there'd be zebra stripes everywhere or something thematic like that. But it's just sort of like a science laboratory. Yeah. Uh, so back at his hideout, his henchman asks the boss to explain his powers. Because I guess they haven't had a conversation yet. <laughs> um, and Zebra Man gives him a science lesson about lines of force and says he built a machine that utilizes lines of force. And yesterday, while he was using it, uh, while wearing his special neutralizing belt, and it changed his body with lines of force that he can now control with a push of a button on his belt. So that makes perfect sense to me, I guess. Yeah, so it's called diamagnetism. I was going to like talk about this in, in the Rogue Roundup. Uh, apparently, there are items which can be... Uh, what's the word like affected by magnets but aren't magnetic themselves okay and that's that's kind of what he has although his his magnetism works on like pretty much everything and the force that is on these diamagnetic items is usually like very weak like you can get it to maybe hover like a couple of centimeters Mm -hmm. but that's about it his his are incredibly strong because he can like bring down a whole water tower yeah interesting (laughs) yeah I am excited for your Rogue Roundup. It seems like it'll be very science-y. Uh, what's the other thing I wanted to mention? Oh, I, yeah, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that like his uh, his his goons don't know how his powers work because it's like so, boss, you, you can tear open doors. What's that about? Yeah, exactly. Like, do you think they were just like, oh, this guy's got a gimmick? Let's join him. Sure. You know what? It's Gotham. Times are tough. Everyone needs henchmen. This guy has a crazy enough costume and a cool enough station wagon. <laughs> That they're willing to go to jail. 
one of these guys is a an established criminal, we learn. Yeah. Like, later on, we learn that he, like, the Gotham City police know him. They have, like, a rap sheet. Yeah. I mean, we've seen in previous comics that there's, like, clubs and stuff that all the, like, goons just hang out in. I'm willing to bet Zebraman came in there and he was like, I got a station wagon and 20 bucks. Who's in? <laughs> and the two guys were like, sure. I'm not doing anything else tonight. Joker's in, in prison. <laughs> uh, so, unfortunately, it's not... It's not zebra stripes. It's lines of force. And yeah. I'm disappointed. Yeah, which is interesting. Like, the suit itself is made of the lines of force. Yeah. Yeah. They just happen to look like zebra stripes, but they don't have anything to do with the beautiful, majestic <laughs> animals who can live up to 25 years um, in the wild called zebras, or sometimes zonkeys. <laughs> Those aren't in the wild. Zonkeys? It could be, if you want it. Where there are no donkeys in the African savanna, aren't there? No. Okay, well, uh, invasive species. I don't know. Get them <laughs> okay. over there. Get them over get there. Them over there. <laughs> Do you think there's um zazels? Uh ah no, I don't think so. That was really fun to say. <laughs> aren't gazelles more closely related to like deer? Uh, yeah. and a deer and a horse can't breed, so yeah. there must be enough of a difference. Zazel. Yeah. Oh, don't ride a zebra too. We learned that. Yeah, which is weird. If they can, if they can breed with horses, what's so different about them that like you can't ride it? Can you ride a zorse? You can probably ride a zorse or a zoni. Okay. Know? Or or a zonkey <laughs> if you wanted to, <laughs> but not a zazel. <laughs> I'm just out here making new animals. <laughs> All right. So at the literal rogues gallery. They yeah. call it the Rogues Gallery, and I want to go there. Uh, the dynamic duo figure out who one of Zebraman's henchmen is, and um, oh yeah, they, they figure it out really weird though. Yeah, uh, they say, "Oh, I recognize Jojo Forbes because uh, he has that telltale white streak in his hair." He sure does. He's the only criminal in Gotham which has a white streak in his hair. Well, it's probably like a distinct, and also they saw his face. So okay, because these guys don't get to wear masks. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Gordon sends out the All Points Bulletin, having everyone be on the lookout for Jojo Forbes. And the next morning, uh, the dynamic duo meet at the dock, where a man says he sold the henchman a boat named the Dolphin. This is not an important detail, but they make it seem like it will be. (laughs) And I just like that they're like, I sold him a boat. It's called the Dolphin. Well, because like, they okay. can't—they I mean, can't just like stop every boat to look for Zebra Man. They just need to look at the side of the boat and see if it has the name the Dolphin well, on it. I mean, ch- also not a great like—it's going to intimidating be, boat name. It's going to be easier to see the man in the zebra suit on a boat than it will be to get up close and be like, "That one's called the Dolphin." No, boat names are are painted big enough. This one's not. You can see it. Okay. In the next panel. Uh, great. So Dynamic Duo do decide to search the bay from the Batplane. Meanwhile, the dolphin approaches the sunken remains of a freighter. Uh, Zebraman uses his power to pull up the freighter from the depths, and with it the gold bullion inside. If only it had been on a distant planet locked up in some sort of interplanetary Fort Knox. I was going to say, this is why we need Space Fort this Knox. This is why we need Space Fort Knox. Get on it, Biden administration. Come <laughs> on. What are we doing? Uh, God, one month into the administration and we still don't have a space Fort Knox. (laughs) The comic calls his power a powerful force, which is which is like an understatement because I was very curious. I looked up how much a uh, a, a, like freighter ship weighs. It's incredibly impressive what he's doing. They weigh 50,000 tons. Wow. So he's lifting 50,000 tons worth of boat off of the ocean, or I guess off of the bay floor (laughs) with his powers. And then later on, he throws it in the air. Yeah, I'm going to get that. Okay. It's very impressive. All right, so uh, Batman swoops down and tries to catch Zebra Man unawares, but his goons capture Batman instantly and throw him overboard, (laughs) which I thought was interesting because usually when Batman gets like, they get a hold of him, they're like, all right, cool. Let's incapacitate him. Let's capture him. But they're like, ah, throw in the sea. 
Well, it's, he won't not, get out of it's that. not the goons who throw him in the sea. The goons step to the side, and Zebra Man uses his powers to, like, shove Batman into the sea. Why doesn't he use his powers to then force him all the way to the bottom of the seafloor until he drowns? Uh, ooh, good question. Right? I don't know. I should be a supervillain. I'd be so good at it, it. It seems like, like, from what we see in the comic, it doesn't look like his powers are directional. Although, maybe they are. It looks like it's coming out of his hands. He was able to pull that whole boat up. Okay. It does seem like they're directional. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Uh, so Robin sees this, pulls the bat plane down to grab Batman. And in a very cinematic moment, uh, Zebra Man uses his power to cause a tidal wave, which forces the freighter upward into the air, and it crashes into the bat plane, basically splitting it in two, it looks like. No, it knocks a wing off. Yeah. It knocks one of the wings off of the bat plane, which forces them into a crash landing. Yeah. Uh, which they can do because the bat plane has pontoons built in. Luckily. Yes, <laughs> because, because of course it does. Yeah. Because they think of everything. Uh, so the dynamic duo are safe as they await rescue. Yep. Um, the dynamic duo examine the dolphin once it's been abandoned by uh, Zebra Man and his crew, and they find mud containing sulfur, and they do a little detectiving off panel, of course, because we can never see the actual detectiving in Detective Comics. Well, it's not interesting to just have a panel with him looking into a microscope. I want to see the analysis. Okay. That's always my favorite part of any of the Batman games, when you get to do the actual detectiving. I wish they would let you do more. Yeah. You know what? If you like that, you might like the Batman VR experience. If we ever get a VR headset, you should check that out because I think that's mostly... We have a cardboard one. That's true. We do. Will that not work? Uh, There's like a bunch of workarounds we'll have to do to get it to work. Oh, okay. Um... The, I think that's mostly the detective crime scenes because they don't like they don't have you do the fighting in the VR because it would be like too disorienting. Yeah, it's just the the crime scene investigations. My favorite kinds of games are detective games. I love Nancy <laughs> Drew. Um, Law and Order has made a couple of games. I have played all of them because not only do you get to be a detective, but then you get to be a lawyer after that, <laughs> which I also love. Yeah, you, um, you've been playing the Phoenix Wright games. I have been playing the Phoenix Wright games. I did play uh, Jenny LeClue, which is purportedly a detective game, more of a visual novel. Little disappointed. Mm. Also, it doesn't have a proper ending, and I've been waiting for that game for like 10 years. Okay. So, just a little sidebar. Okay. Anyway, back on track. Uh, so they find mud containing sulfur. Clues, yes. Using that clue, they track Zebra Man and his cronies to their hideout. Uh, sulfur should not be so uncommon that he can narrow it down to a single hideout. <laughs> it's a common fertilizer. Like, sulfur is in the soil all over the place near farms. Yeah. There's no reason, there's no reason that they should be able to figure this out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they made, like, a, you know, a radius around like how long it would take for him to get from here to there i don't know uh, it seems to me like it's just the comic writers not understanding how common sulfur is in the yeah. soil damn it bill finger answer for your crimes uh okay yeah they they come into the hideout though they they go in and then they uh crash the party right they do yes uh so they try to surprise the criminals they get described as human hurricanes yeah i like that two human hurricanes storm the zebra man's stronghold however Robin is terrible, and he trips, <laughs> and he shoots science rays into his partner, who could have died. Watch where you're going, Robin. Yeah. this Is is this the first time he's done this? Because I feel like Robin trips I a lot. I feel like it's definitely not. I feel like a lot of the times they're like, and then Robin tripped. <laughs> and sometimes they have somebody trip him, but like sometimes he just trips himself because he's a little clumsy acrobat. <laughs> I don't believe that an acrobat would trip that much. That's ridiculous. Uh, so, uh... The science rays that get shot into him are from the Zebra Man's machine that we saw in the flashback earlier. Uh, so Batman gets shot with these force lines, but he's not wearing the utility belt that Zebra Man has. So unable to control the force lines, everything gets knocked away from Batman. He can't even get close to Zebra Man because Zebra Man turns on the same charge. And as we know, um, you know, similar charges repel each other. So he gets repelled away from Batman, as is everything else. Uh, yep. Zebra Man and his gang flee, and Batman worries that his life is ruined. <laughs> he will starve to death because food can't get near him. He's going to reveal his true identity to people when he goes out as Bruce Wayne again, because for some reason he thinks he'd do that. And his adoring fans won't be able to get near him to show their appreciation. Okay. It's a very melodramatic series of panels. Yeah, there, especially the last one where he's like worried that people won't be able to get near him. It's like, no, Tommy, don't go near him. No one can go near Batman anymore. So sad. <laughs> 
Why would he even go out as Batman? Why wouldn't he just be like searching for the cure? Okay, solutions to being repellent to everything. Okay. Place your food between you and a brick wall or in a hole so that it doesn't have anywhere else to go when you're pushing against it. Wouldn't the dirt get pushed away from you? Well, yeah, but like there's, there's items, like he's standing next to a house in this. He doesn't push over the house. I think if it's a strong enough force like he's not pushing the earth away from him he's not floating or anything yeah so if it's a strong enough like gravity force or whatever he doesn't push it away mm-hmm. so if he if he were to put it like in a corner he could like a corner his food. he could corner his food to eat it <laughs> okay but then consider he can't hold a fork or a knife so he's gonna just have to like <laughs> hands behind his back like hum, 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 yeah. like our cats or like chicken wings or whatever <laughs> yeah oh man where he could grab it with his hand if he's quick enough Okay, and then uh, he could fake his death to get get around the whole, like, people are going to recognize him as Bruce Wayne with stripes all over him. Okay. Well, he can never go out as himself again, basically. That's true, yeah, but he would be able to live. Yeah. He could he could eat He'd... his food in a corner and, <laughs> and, and not show his face anymore. Yeah, you mean he would fake Bruce Wayne's death? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Um, not sure how he would do that, not being able to be present for it, but, yeah. you know. I don't know, just Alfred, Alfred be like... I was going to say, he, Alfred covers for himself. him all the time. Yeah, he could do that. Great. So, the Zebra and his gang have run away. Batman is all alone. Batman then runs away, like the Hulk in the TV show, when he, like, is along, like, a sad country road. And he he's he all, tells Robin, I can't ever work with you again. It's so sad. <laughs> As he's running away, he passes a junkyard and notices that he's attracted to the electromagnet. He then runs back to the Zebraman hideout and he talks to a socially distanced Robin who says he knows where Zebraman is headed to next. Yeah, how Robin figures this out is kind of beyond me. He holds up a picture and he's like, I got a sketch of where they were going, but the sketch looks like nothing. It's a it's like a blank page with maybe a lightning bolt picture on it. Yeah. It, does, I, it doesn't look like anything. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, yeah, it's just yellow. Yeah, there's there's nothing there that would be like, oh, this is where the next crime is going to be. Where do next, yeah. I also don't know how they, how they knew to get there before them, but whatever. Or how they could get there before them, considering yeah. that they had the jump. Yeah, I don't know. Unless and they also, made a stop, like you think they made a stop for snacks or something? I don't think they would do two in one day. You don't think they'd do two crimes in one day? Yeah, it's too many. Why not? Because you gotta let the you gotta let the heat cool off of you so the law doesn't. No, you know what? Okay, getcha. Another sidebar. Sure. Uh, there were uh, bank robberies in the area in South Jersey where I was in high school, and there the people who were robbing banks did them. They did like I want to say three in a day. And it was because they were like, well, the police are going to be at the first bank checking out, like, you know, the crime that just happened. So if we pull another crime far away, they won't have time to get to us at the next bank. This is a problem that could only occur in South Jersey where, like, everything is so far apart. Because in, like, a regular place, I feel like they would just be able to be like, hey, all points bulletin out on, like, you know, this red Honda. Here's a license plate. (laughs) And another cop would be like, yeah, they're over at this bank now. Come get them. <laughs> I feel like that's only a problem for rural South Jersey. Where where like most of the police are just state troopers. Yeah. Also, uh notorious serial killer John Wayne Gacy uh, a few times killed two victims in one night and he would call it doing doubles. Doing doubles. Yeah. Or just doubles. That's so weird. It's super weird. He's a horrible guy and he killed 33 people. So that's a he's done now. Okay. Yeah. Good. Great. I'm glad that that man who killed 33 people is dead. Yeah. What's next in the comic, Rebecca? Um. So the next thing that happens in the comic is that the zebra man and his gang are at the Gotham Storage Company and they're stealing furs. Gross. Hate that. Um. Uh, they don't say that they're real furs. They could be faux furs. You think they're stealing faux fur? Do you know how like <laughs> inexpensive faux fur is? <laughs> Do you know how much of a not a heist that Maybe would be? Maybe they're going for qu- uh, quantity. <laughs> Let's steal pleather. <laughs> no, they're stealing real fur. Okay. I, Without giving too much personal information away, I, I work in a place where I sometimes will see people in like real fur coats and like you can instantly tell that it's real fur and it's always, it always grosses me out so much. Really? It's disgusting. To how see. do you know that it's real? Because of the people who are wearing it. <laughs> 
can, you can <laughs> they tell. look like the people who would be like, oh yeah, I definitely kill animals. Yes. I mean, not just that, but like you can tell by just like looking at the quality. You're like, wow, I can tell a lot of chinchillas died for that coat that you're wearing right now. <laughs> and it's disgusting. Um, yeah, for his murder. Anyway. Uh, so... Then, uh, Batman arrives and Zebraman is shocked that he is pulled towards him, but they don't kiss, except Batman's fist on Zebraman's face. The, the punch kiss. The punch kiss. The most romantic kind. <laughs> uh, Batman then pulls Zebraman's belt off of him and, uh, repels the criminals right to Robin and the police. He then uses the belt to neutralize his own force lines, returning him back to normal. And then he helpfully explains to Robin and Zebraman that once he passed the electromagnet, he knew all he had to do was charge something at the crime scene with an electromagnet uh, so that uh, Zebraman would become attracted to him, science, and justice this is at the, the sh- same time. This is the shoddiest explanation of like how magnets work. I feel like... I feel like somebody at DC was like, hey, we're getting some heat from the public. They say we're doing too many pulp stories and uh, they they want us to do something a little more educational for the kids. Uh, what you got, Bill? And he was like, uh, magnets. Magnets, I, I guess. guess. We I guess can magnets. magnets. Let's do some, uh, can, Here's what I have can for... He, I drew a man in a zebra costume. Can I use that? I already... <laughs> Sheldon already mocked it up. We were going to do this whole zebra thing. Can we just use that? Please. And uh, Jack Ship was like, yeah, whatever. Just do whatever you want. <laughs> My dad, who's also our sponsor, wanted me to mention that all of these men are Jewish. At least I'm pretty sure they are. I'm not going to look it up, but I'm pretty sure they're all Jewish. Most of them are. I think so. it, I, I watched a, a documentary about comics and I for sure, like most of the Marvel guys were Jewish. I think a lot of these guys are Jewish, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to assume this was done on like uh, Friday night and they had to like, you know, get back to their wives for. For uh, the Sabbath. <laughs> and that's why he's a zebra man. And he's named the zebra man. But he should be called Magnet Man. Or Force sh- Lions Man. He really should be called Magnet Man. You're yeah, right. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the zebra. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so, lastly, the zebra man returns to his stripes. Only this time, they are the bars of his prison cell. Yeah, the, bu- the, the sun shines through the prison walls. And it creates stripes because of the bars. Yes. So crime doesn't pay, kids. Yep. I mean, crime must not pay or else you will be uh, came, come after by the comics code. They, they'll tell you you can't publish it. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So the other thing I wanted to talk about, that later in this comic, there's a... Uh, a, a, like a, a section that I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. So the the detective comics, they do different stories. And we're used to seeing a Martian Manhunter in these. And I think we've seen a couple that have had like elongated man mm-hmm. comics in them. Uh, but this, this one is Roy Raymond, TV detective. His comic started out in 1949. And he's a guy who runs a show that's sort of similar to Ripley's, believe it or not. It's like people who have fantastic claims that come on Mm. and the whole comic is about him investigating them to make sure they're not con men (laughs) so it's a little like jonathan frakes fact or fiction yeah kind of except if if jonathan frakes himself went to the people who were telling the lies and tried (laughs) to figure out if they were lies or not if he was playing along with the audience (laughs) instead of just at the end of being like no it's not true we made it up uh, he, he didn't last very long after this comic we see him in, uh, because his, his thing was discontinued in 1961 mm. and replaced by Aquaman. Oh, well, you know, I gotta love him. <laughs> he talks to fish. <laughs> he does? Much more interesting than, uh, this, this man who runs a Ripley's Believe It or Not television show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all I have to say about the comic. Uh, we're going to move into Rogue Roundup. Yay. Is there going to be a Josh's fact corner in this Rogue Roundup all about electromagnets? No, we already talked about dimagnetism oh. and a little bit about electromagnets. Although, if you, if you want a mini Josh's fact corner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to reverse the polarity of an electromagnet, all you have to do is reverse the current. Oh. Because the, the magnetism is brought forth by the current. So the direction that the current is flowing in uh, gives you the polarity of the magnet. Cool. (laughs) Was that interesting? (laughs) No. Okay. Okay, Zebra Man. This comic that we read is his first appearance. He first appeared in the Silver Age. 
The name of this man in the comic is never mentioned, but later on it gets retconned that he was named Jacob Baker. And the only reason we get this retcon is because a man named Cobra, well, Cobra is like his supervillain name. Mm. He's the leader of the Cobra cult, recreates the experiment that Jacob Baker did to build his own team of supers known as the Cobra Strike Force. Um, this was also the origin of Clayface number four, or oh. Lady Clay. Oh. So she was a member of, of Strike Force Cobra as well. Cool. Um, Do they all have force powers? If no. They use a machine? No, this Zebra Man is, this is like the same powers Zebra Man. Hmm. Clayface has her like Clayface powers. Gotcha. He he like recreates the the things that turned Batman villains into the Batman villains. I see. One by one, not all at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um so this zebra man who funnily enough isn't named, so this comic retcons a name for the old zebra man but doesn't give the new zebra man a name. <laughs> They'll retcon him in the next one. Uh, he has a mohawk and looks a little bit more like a zebra, the animal he's based on, because of that. Okay. Um, that's all I really have to say about him. He was a member of this Strike Force thing, and then it doesn't seem like he did really much very interesting after that. Okay. Um, in the New 52, the character reappears, this time going by the name of Vortex. He's part of a prison break at Arkham Asylum. Uh, he helps Catwoman escape. But she fights him when she realizes that he's actually crazy, hmm. like he was, like she was warned he was by the guards. Hmm. <laughs> um, the guards give the explanation that the reason why he's called Vortex is because he got uh, caught in the vortex of his own atom smasher, which I guess is just sort of a kind of trying to update the old one. And being like, well, diamagnetism isn't actually, can't be a real thing. So I guess it's, uh, I don't know, like quantum physics or something. Sure. <laughs> Wait, diamagnetism is not a real thing? No, it is a real thing, but it's not, it wouldn't give him the, the powers that he has. Okay. But if it can control atoms. Okay, I'm following. Yeah, I think so. The, again, it's kind of shaky. He's kind of a, like a side character. They don't give him too much time. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. He stays in this continuity, goes by Zebra Man again in Zebra, in, in, sorry, in Rebirth. <laughs> Zebirth! <laughs> Make it happen, DC! If a zebra, you know, lays with <laughs> with a copy of Rebirth, they can make a zebra. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so he, he goes by uh, Zebra Man again, but he is killed in 2019 oh, no. by projections of people that he killed, which look like zombies. What? I have no idea. This, this is in like a Batman Rebirth comic? It's in a Flash Rebirth comic. Oh. He's like playing cards with a couple other villains. And one of the villains has, I guess, set up some sort of trap where he has all these... Uh, people who have been killed by the other villains he's playing with and they like tear them to shreds hmm. off camera. Weird. <laughs> it's super I weird. I don't know what it was about Rebirth. I guess it's just like Tom King or like whoever was in charge at that time was like, I want to do just a whole bunch of like villains that nobody remembers from the Silver Age, but like not whole storylines with them. Just like, oh, and here's who Batman fights that night. And he fights Kite Man and he fights Zebra Man and he fights <laughs> Polka Dot Man. And then he goes and he fights uh, Copperhead. And then he fights like <laughs> this person who no one's ever thought of since like 1974. <laughs> I don't know why. I, they were very, like, quantity over quality for their villains. But never, like, to have Zebra Man be like, and then Zebra Man kidnapped Catwoman before their wedding. Like, they don't do that. No. It's just like, and then they fought a whole bunch of people, and here's who they fought. Yeah. Uh, also, it's worth mentioning, so uh, Zebra Man 2, or the Zebra Man that appeared in the Outsiders comics that I mentioned, he also shows up in the New 52 and Rebirth continuities and uh he shows up in a couple of like suicide squad books oh he he you remember we were talking about how cheetah had that team of like animal themed villains that yeah. she teamed up with he's one of them he's not an animal themed villain though and i don't understand <laughs> he is he looks like a zebra he doesn't have anything to do with zebras though this is the one that has the mohawk so he looks like a zebra okay he doesn't have like the powers of a zebra no 
Well, zebras don't have any power. They can live 25 years in the wild, <laughs> and they can run at- He can live like a quarter of, of the lifespan of a human being. <laughs> and he can run at 40 miles an hour. Those are his powers. That's pretty fast. It's not like flash fast, but it's, it's fast. Uh, okay. And Make that's... a zebra man with real zebra powers, DC. Do it. There's no zebra powers. Yeah. Running 40 miles an hour is not a power. Oh, it is. That's just a fast guy. Yeah. That's a power. Whatever. That's really all I have to say about Zebra Man. I have a list of his other appearances. He really only shows up in like the Batman media where they need an- another like silly wacky villain just mm-hmm. to throw in as as like a member of the crowd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was in uh The Brave and the Bold. TV show, he was in the 66 comic, or at least he's, like, mentioned in the 66 comic that's based on the television show. And uh, he was in the Lego Batman movie. Mm -hmm. He shows up in the background of that. Yeah. But doesn't have any major parts in any other media. Yeah. And we watched that episode of Brave and the Bold that he's both Bat... No. Zebra Man was in one episode, and then he did another episode that had Zebra Zebra Batman. Batman. But only for a second. Yeah. And Batmite is changing his costume. Yep. So yeah, Zebraman. Uh, moral of the story, don't turn to animals when you're thinking about your fashion choices. Because it's either going to be gaudy or uh, crime against, I guess not humanity, but the animal kingdom. <laughs> don't wear fur. Come up with a better uh, theme. If your powers are magnet-based, call yourself Magnet Man. Yeah. Like Force lines, man. Yeah. Don't come up with your costume... Fur, or base your name on your costume. Yeah. Base your name on your powers. Yeah. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. That'd be like if, I don't know, who else has like that much of a mismatch? I don't know if there is anybody who does. I think pretty much every villain is like on point. Like if the Flash was called like Lightning Man, which like <laughs> almost works because like yeah, he's quick fast. as lightning, right? You know? Yeah. That would still even be better than or this. Or like Red Guy. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that wraps up this episode of Batmates. This has been an episode of uh, Zatmates. Yeah. Uh, my name is Zeka. This is Zosh. <laughs> and uh, all right, I'll, I'll be serious. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Batmates. I don't think we got any emails, even though we put out a call. Yeah. Well, Let's see. well we did put the episode up pretty late last week. I don't think everybody's listened to it yet. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, if you do want to talk to us, you can uh, get in touch with us at our email, which is batmatespodcast at gmail.com. That's batmates, spelled exactly like it is in the title of the show, podcast at Mm gmail.com. Thank you to our uh, logo artist, Savannah Storm. You can find her at art.by.savvyes on Instagram. And the person who composed our theme song, that is Ben Dean. You can find him at tinyurl.com slash B-E-N-D-E-A-N-E. And we will see you next week. Go ride a zony. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye.